I know there's a bit of a shortage at the moment, but I love a good poached egg. But there's something of an art to poaching an egg correctly, to getting it just right. The first time I poached an egg, I brought the water to the boil, I added a bit of vinegar and a bit of salt, and I stirred it so it was swirling in the pot, and then, like I'd been told, I gently added the egg, and it was meant to, you know, all hold together and be a perfectly poached egg. But it just went everywhere, and I just had a mess in the pot. Everyone's done this when they're poaching an egg, right? Sometimes it just doesn't work the first time. So you have to try again. And you have to try again until you get it right. Sometimes you have to persevere. And so I tried a few more times. I refined my technique until I was able to poach an egg without even thinking about it. If you don't succeed at first, try again. You've probably heard this saying. As we persevere, as we keep trying, as we persist, we can achieve all sorts of things. If we gave up when things got hard, or when we were confronted by failure, we wouldn't have all the things we have now. Imagine if Edison had given up the first time a light bulb didn't work, or if Graham Bell hadn't persevered with the telephone. Perseverance and continuing on can lead to remarkable outcomes. And it's also an important part of a life of faith. Sometimes we need to persist through the challenging seasons. Sometimes we need to just keep praying, even though we aren't seeing any results. Lots of us will have experienced difficult seasons in our life of faith. We go through valleys and arid times in our journey with God. And the advice to persevere is often really good advice, except when it isn't. For all their faults, Israel persevered. For all the mistakes they made, Israel were pretty good at turning up to the synagogues or turning up to the temple and doing the things that the religion called them to do. When they were carried off into exile, they persevered against the odds to keep their faith alive. And when they returned to the land, and when things were difficult, this is where today's reading is set, when they returned to the land, they kept persevering. And so this reading comes to a people who are persevering and still showing up. And the reading opens with God instructing Isaiah the prophet to be honest with the people. Israel has been persistent. They've persevered. They have fasted. They have worshipped. They have turned up. They've humbled themselves. They've given the offerings. And yet they felt like God didn't see them and God didn't notice them, says verse 3. The church has kept worshipping. The church has sought to keep the faith alive. It keeps turning up, and yet we have a lot of empty seats, and we've seen sustained decline in church life in New Zealand for years, 
and years. God's word comes to a people who are persisting and trying to be faithful. And God's word comes to Israel honestly and in a confronting way. God wants them to see and to understand. I feel like, have you ever had somebody give you instructions on how to use a computer? Probably your children. Ever had your children give instructions on how to use a computer? And they show you how to do it, and you try and do it, and you don't get it right, and your child begins to get frustrated with you and says, why can't you do it like this? You know what I mean? Yeah, people know what I mean. I think that's how God might feel in this reading. God says, why do you keep doing what you've been doing? Why do you persist with this thing that is not working? Do you not understand? Can't you see that there's a different and a better way? Although Israel think they are doing the right thing, although they're persisting and trying to be faithful, although they're trying to persevere, on this occasion, it's not what God wants them to do. Doing the same thing and getting the same result isn't wise. It's the opposite of wisdom. It's foolishness. Perseverance and persistence shouldn't be about doing the same thing over and over. If I kept trying to poach my egg the way I did the first time, it would have been a waste of eggs. If Edison kept trying exactly the same configuration of a light bulb over and over time, we wouldn't have got to where we are now. And in faith, we often get stuck in the trap of doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different outcomes. Sometimes it's in the songs we sing, sometimes it's in the way we meet, sometimes it's in the way we read the Bible, or what we expect to happen, or in the activities we organize, or the way we respond to challenges and difficulties. If we keep doing it exactly the same way, we'll probably keep getting the same results. But a fresh approach and new perspectives, a reflection on what is and isn't working, can open all sorts of new possibilities. And our reading today is God offering a fresh perspective to the people of God, offering a fresh perspective to persistent Israel and to a persistent and persevering church. He's offering a fresh perspective on how to see the blessings and the fruits of God's life here in the world. It's about how God's people, ancient Israel and today, can become who we are supposed to be, a community who exists to declare and to share the flourishing life of God with the world. To receive this, though, means that in those difficult seasons of faith, we need to reflect. We need to examine ourselves. We need to identify whether we should be persisting or whether we need to change. In our own lives, when things are difficult, we need to discern whether we should keep doing what we're doing and just trust that things will improve. 
or we need to discern where the time has come for a change. A life of faith is very different from poaching an egg. Once you've poached an egg, once you've mastered the art of it, you can poach an egg. It's a skill that you've learned. You can keep doing it. But a life of faith takes place in an ever-changing world. And it's about being in a relationship with a mysterious and unfathomable God who continually reveals more of who he is and who God calls us to be. We know that the way we prayed when we were in Sunday school is different from how we pray as a teenager. So we've grown. We've let go of one way of embodying our faith and received another. The time you set aside for prayer and reading the Bible when you're a young adult changes when you have toddlers running around the house because it's hard to find a few moments of quiet. What works in your faith when you get up and you go to your place of employment each day changes when you reach retirement and you have a different pattern of life. What works in one season of life doesn't always work in the next season. And so we need to make changes. And the same is true in church communities. This isn't about abandoning everything we do, all that we know. On the contrary, it's about going back to the source of who we are and why we do what we do. Why do we sing? Because that's what churches are supposed to do? Or because we're filled with joy that God has set us free? Why do we pray? Well, we pray because God has called us into relationship. Why do we give offerings? Is it to pay for the upkeep of a church building? Or is it because we're grateful for all that God has done for us? Why do we look after those who are marginalized in our communities? Is it because we have an obligation? Or because God shows us and teaches us that this is what a good life looks like. When we're reflecting on change in the different seasons of our life, individually and communally, it's not change for change's sake. It's not just throwing everything out. It's actually about turning back to God, about turning back to the God who calls us, who loves us, who made us. The church has a word for this. We use the word repentance to talk about this sort of change, where we turn away from something that's leading us away from God and we turn back to the God who loves us. In our reading, Israel needed to be reminded of who God was and of what God wanted of them. Israel needed to repent. It wasn't about the fasts. It wasn't about sackcloth and ashes, just like it isn't about buildings or denominations or Presbyterian processes or organs. It's about the life we live here and now. God is concerned with how we are in the world, about our, how our life as individuals and our life together as a community brings glory to God and contributes to the flourishing of all people. Just like Jesus says 
in Matthew when he talked about giving water to the thirsty or visiting the sick and the oppressed. Just like God told us in Micah 6.8, which we read last week, the health of our spiritual life is measured by how we treat others. The Word of God, Hebrews 4 tells us, is alive and active and like a sharp two-edged sword. It doesn't hold back, as we can see in today's reading, but it cuts to the heart of the issue. Here, God confronts and challenges Israel for prioritizing the wrong things. God's word here confronts Israel for doing the wrong thing by their neighbors and the people they employ. I wonder what this living word of God says to the church today. What does it cut through? What does it say about how we treat one another inside and outside our walls? What does it say to us about how we live as individuals and as a community in this world that we're a part of? God's people, the covenant people of God to which the church has been joined, are called to be light in the world, to shine forth, to show the way, to bear witness to God. The gospel reading that the lectionary paired with the Isaiah text talks about the church being like salt and light. Israel felt that God wasn't noticing them. Perhaps we, perhaps it might seem like we aren't seasoning the world as much as we should be or that we aren't shining forth much light. But this Isaiah reading closes by telling us how to let that light shine forth. It tells us how to bear witness, how to shine. What God requires is that we loose the bonds of injustice, that we let the oppressed go free, that we share our bread, that we share what we have, both physical and spiritual, with the hungry in the world, that we house the homeless, that we clothe the naked. If you do this, says the Lord, if you seek justice, if you love mercy, if you walk humbly with God, if you strive for the life of the world and all its inhabitants, if you do this, God says, then your healing shall come. And then you shall know the Lord. Then God will hear your prayer and answer. And your light, your light will shine forth. So persevere. Keep being faithful. Keep seeking the Lord. But be ready to repent. Be ready to change. Be ready to grow more and more and more into who God calls us to be. Examine yourself and examine our life together so that we might know when to repent, that we might grow and that we might be part of the healing of the world and shine forth and bear witness to our God. Glory be to the Father and to the Son 
and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.